So we're now continuing in our series in the book of Ephesians this morning, and we come to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. So please turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Hear now the eternal living word of God. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Now, there are many ways for a person to be strong. You could be physically strong, having the physical strength to lift and carry heavy things. You can be mentally strong, having the ability to function effectively in the face of challenges and stress. You can be emotionally strong, having the ability to understand and manage your own emotions effectively and and deal with the emotions of others. And so on. And these types of strengths are important. It's important to be strong in these ways to be a well-rounded, healthy person. But there's a type of strength that's not always considered, especially in the world around us. Something that's not always mentioned in the pursuit of being a well-rounded, healthy, strong person. That is spiritual strength. Because spiritual strength doesn't come from something you do. It's something God does to you. Now, throughout our series through the book of Ephesians, Christ and the church, we've been learning so far what it means to be in Christ. That is, what it means to be spiritually united to Christ through faith. That Christ is in you and you are in him. And what this means as an individual and also what it means collectively as God's people, the church. And Paul has been laying out all the blessings that come from being united to Christ through faith. And now in our passage this morning, Paul gives a report on how he's been praying for the believers in Ephesus. And in this prayer report, we're given three results of being strengthened by God through the Holy Spirit. They are Christ dwelling in your heart, knowing the extent of the love of Christ, and being filled with the fullness of God. Paul begins this passage in verse 14 by stating, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. He's connecting the content of his prayers to what he just wrote. Paul saying he's praying to the Father because of the mystery of the gospel that was hidden in previous generations that's now been revealed. 
this mystery of the gospel that Gentiles, which is non-Jewish people, they've been included in God's covenant of grace. And through this, the church is revealing the glory of God to the heavens. The church is transforming the world and displaying God's glory on earth and in heaven. And Paul himself has been chosen to be a minister of this gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul, in his imprisonment for the gospel, only serves the purposes of God. And so his readers in Ephesus shouldn't lose heart over the fact that he's suffering in prison because he's suffering for the glory of the gospel. And so this is why Paul is praying. He says, for this reason, all the things he just wrote. And now he tells us what he's praying for. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Then in verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Paul's concern for the Ephesians is that God in his glory, according to the riches of his glory, may grant them to be strengthened. Notice the idea of spiritual strength here. He doesn't say be strong, because the spiritual strengthening isn't something you're doing in your own power. It's something God does to you. Be strengthened. It's in the passive voice. It's something that happens to you. Because spiritual strength comes through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. Spiritual strength can only come from the Spirit of God indwelling in you. So this strengthening is the power of the Holy Spirit working in you, in your inner being, as Paul puts it. It's something Paul's praying for his readers, and it's something you can pray for yourself. Pray for your others, loved ones, the rest of the church. And Paul gives the result of this, being strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit working in you. In verse 17 he says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And this is our first result of being strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Christ dwelling in your heart. Paul's praying to God the Father that out of the riches of his glory he would send the Spirit so that Christ the Son would dwell in their hearts. Our union with Christ means that Christ indwells in our hearts. Now, the biblical concept of heart goes beyond how it's usually used today. The heart today is really the emotional center of a person. But biblically speaking, it means the whole inner life of someone. It's the intellect, the will, desires, and emotion. It's the whole of a person. So Christ dwelling in your hearts means Christ being at the center of all who you are. Your thoughts are Christ's thoughts. Your choices are Christ's choices. Your desires are his desires. Your loves are Christ's loves. Your life will be a life of following and loving Christ, doing all he commands out of love. Paul's writing this letter to Christians in Ephesus. This, these are people, the gospel isn't new to them. Paul wants the truth of Christ to sink deeper and deeper into their hearts, into their inner being, so that they may rely on the power of God through the Holy Spirit. So they may rely on Christ working in them rather than their own power. And every Christian constantly needs this reminder. You and I need this reminder. We're not to go through life ignoring 
the power of God working in us, ignoring the Spirit, ignoring Christ in our hearts. It's so easy to try and do everything in your own power. You need constant reminders. You need to remember that you need God. You need humility to seek God and rely on Him in your life and in your work for the kingdom. And the irony is when you're trying to do these things in your own power, this is when you're the most powerless. But when you remember that you're passive in your spiritual strengthening, when you remember that apart from God you can do nothing, this will bring you in humility to rely on him. So unlike being physically or mentally strong, spiritual strength comes from recognizing how helpless you are, recognizing that you can't do it yourself. You don't get spiritual strength and power by your own effort. It's a gift of God. The God who has immeasurable riches of glory and grace. The God who will supply your every need. When you forget this, that's when you try to go it on your own. And this could be for anything. It could be for church activities, spiritual actions, evangelism. I have to constantly remind myself and be reminded in the scriptures that I need to rely on God in what I'm doing. It could be anything, in preparing and delivering sermons, anything I do in ministry. If not, I'll try to do it completely on my own. And this would be completely devoid of any real power. But God, he disciplines us. He chastises us for our own good. God uses the peaks and the valleys of our lives to humble you, to remind you of your need of him. And in his infinite wisdom, he always brings his children back to him. So you must remember your need of God's strength. Confess that you're helpless to the power of sin without him, without the working of God in your, in your spirit. And pray for God's strength in you. Pray for God's to strengthen others. And he will strengthen you. He will give you the power of the Holy Spirit working in you so that Christ dwells in your heart. That Christ will be on your mind. Your thoughts will be in submission to his thoughts. Your desires to his desires. And your loves to his love. And amazing as all this is, Paul is praying for more. He's praying that God may grant the Ephesian believers to be strengthened so that Christ may dwell in their hearts. Then starting in the middle of verse 17, he says, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So Paul's saying here that first, if Christ is dwelling in your heart, then you'll be rooted and grounded in love. And once this happens, he's praying that you may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints, with all other Christians, what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. And this is our second result of being strengthened by the Holy Spirit, knowing the extent of the love of Christ. Comprehending the full dimensions of the love of Christ is to know a love that surpasses knowledge. This means grasping the magnitude of the love of Christ is a lifelong journey. 
The knowledge of his love is inexhaustible. And that's why it takes spiritual strengthening to even undergo this. The love of Christ is beyond our wildest imagination. It's beyond even the words we can use to describe it. And this is something about God that the people that doubt him, skeptics, often miss. When we consider the problem of evil in the world, the, the problem of human suffering, the question logically gets asked, how could a loving God allow this to happen? How can Christians say that God is love when God allows natural disasters to kill so many people and utterly destroy the lives of countless others? And we just saw this in Turkey and Syria, but we see it all the time. How can God be loving when he allows childhood suffering and murder and human trafficking and countless evils in this world? I myself was once skeptic, agnostic. I didn't know what to believe. But I, at that time, I was sure that if there was a God that created everything, he couldn't be loving because the problem of evil is a real problem. Human suffering is real. And to someone who hasn't come to a knowledge of God through faith in Jesus Christ, it seems like the logical conclusion that there isn't a God, or at least there isn't a personal God who loves us. But as Solomon points out in Proverbs 14, verse 12, he writes, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. It takes spiritual strengthening with the power of God through the Holy Spirit to understand because the love of God is beyond our ability to comprehend. It took God sending his Holy Spirit to change me, to change my heart. And then Christ entering and dwelling in my heart to comprehend his love. And it takes the spiritual strengthening of God to continue your growth in the knowledge of his love. Because as Christians, we all still struggle with the extent of human suffering in the world, with our own suffering, with the suffering of loved ones. But you know as a Christian, as someone whom Christ dwells in your heart, that God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. And so his love is higher than human knowledge. The triune God of Christianity isn't a distant God that doesn't understand human suffering. Rather, the eternal Son of God took on flesh. That is, he took on the human condition. He had hunger. He felt pain. He had times of joy. He shed his own tears for the death of his friend Lazarus. He even died a suffering human death himself. And Jesus did all of this. He died an excruciating, humiliating death on a cross, the death of a criminal, as a sinless man who didn't deserve any of it. And he left his exalted state in heaven to become human, to live a perfectly righteous life for sinners, for those who have rejected him, for those who where while they were still sinners, while you were still a sinner, he died for you. This is how much he loves you. So when we question God's love, it just shows how little we comprehend it. And it takes the power of God through the Holy Spirit working in us to even begin to comprehend it. The love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge can be measured at the cross. The extent of God's love is displayed in the sacrificial death of Jesus. And it's this truth that we cling to in our suffering, during tragedy, during a crisis. It's truly knowing that God loves you 
that can give you comfort when nothing else can. And since growing in comprehension, in comprehending the extent of the love of Christ is never-ending, that means your growth in exhibiting the love of Christ, including how we love others, continuously grows as well. And we all have blind spots. It's easy to point out other people's blind spots, but your own are hidden from you. That's what makes them blind spots. So you can pray for God to strengthen you. Pray that Christ may dwell in your heart and you may know the extent of the love of Christ. May you grow in your own love. May the depth of your own love be known to those that are around you because we love because he loved us first. And you have to continually be spiritually strengthened by God to love because when you try to live according to your own ability and your own power, you will fail to love. And as you grow in the knowledge of the love of Christ, his love will pour out of you. So as you are spiritually strengthened by God, Christ will dwell deeper and deeper in your heart, in your inner being, that you'll be more and more grounded and rooted in love. And you'll increase in the knowledge of the love of Christ and your own capacity to love. But Paul is not quite finished. Not only does he pray that his readers will be strengthened by God, that Christ will dwell in their hearts and you will know the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge. Our third result of being strengthened by the Holy Spirit is that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. There's a logical progression to what Paul's saying here. Being strengthened by God with power through the Holy Spirit will result in Christ dwelling deeper in your heart, rooting and grounding you in love, which will increase your understanding of the extent of the love of Christ so that you will be filled with all the fullness of God. Now this expression means so that you can be all that God has made you to be, or really that you can be spiritually mature. It's about God growing you in maturity in Christ. He's growing you up into the fullness of Christ who is the fullness of God dwelling in him. You become spiritually mature through God strengthening you so that you know the fullness of his love and that the fullness of his power making you like Christ. This is the culmination of Paul's prayer and it's the culmination of the Christian life that you would be fully like Christ through God strengthening you through his power. From him bringing you to know the love of Christ, you will be growing in your own love. You'll be loving God and loving your neighbor until you fully become all God has made you to be. Becoming filled with the fullness of God. This means you will be filled with his love. And you're filled up with this love so that you can be poured out. The love of Christ in you, dwelling in your heart, dwelling in your whole being, should be on display so that you can reach the sinful, rebellious hearts of those in the world. That You can reach them with the captivating love of Christ. And so when you're promoting the love of Christ, when this is your focus of the service of God, then you're also transformed by his love. And when you're transformed by the love of Christ, you'll want everyone to know it. You'll want everyone to see it and feel it. And this is what Paul's been praying for that you would be strengthened by the power of God through the Holy Spirit so that you can have the results of Christ dwelling in your heart, 
of knowing the extent of the love of Christ and of being filled with the fullness of God. But this passage doesn't end here. Paul concludes with a doxology, a a prayer of praise, praising God for his gracious power on behalf of the church. In verses 20 and 21 he says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This praise concludes not only Paul's prayer report, but really the whole first half of this letter, the whole first three chapters. Paul's praising God, who's able to accomplish all that he's been praying for. God's immense power is also beyond our understanding. He is able to do more than we ask for, even more than we can think. And this power is at work in us. It's at work in you. The church has the immeasurable power of God working in us and for us. The church as the body of Christ has all the power of God working on our behalf. And this power is astounding. It's unthinkable power. God is capable more than we can understand. All that Paul has asked for, all that we can ask for, doesn't even scratch the surface. It's God's power working in you that gives you a resurrection life. It's God's power working in you that gives you eternal life. It's God's power working in the church that brings people together from all nations, bringing peace with each other, with God himself. It's God's power at work in you through his spirit, through the indwelling of Christ that encourage you to understand his grace and love. And God is able to do all of this And so much more than we can even imagine for the good of the church, for the good of those who love him. This is the God who Paul praises. This is the God of mercy, grace, and salvation. The God out of his immense love sent his only son to die for those who believe in him. The God who didn't spare his own son but gave him up for all of us. And he graciously gives us all good things. It's this God whom we praise. It's this God who we worship. He's given us the Spirit and Christ in our hearts so that we may know the extent of his love and that we may continue to love in response. Because it's to the glory of God that he works his power in you. It's to the glory of God that you have come to a saving faith in Christ. It's to the glory of God that Christ dwells in your heart and that you love with his immeasurable love in your own hearts. The church is the display of God's glory. But so are you. You glorify God by living out his love in your life. Even with those you don't understand. Even with those who are enemies and persecute you. The radical love of God lived out in the Christian life displays the glory of God. So I want to ask, do you have the power of God working in your heart through the Holy Spirit? Do you have the love of Christ in your heart? If so, I pray it continues to grow. That the glory of God will be on full display in you. That through the outpouring of love of Christ from your heart, everyone will know that you are his. That the words you speak and the actions you take display God's love and glory for the world to see. But if you don't, or if you're not sure, I pray that you will come to know the fullness of the love of Christ. That you will come to know Christ in your heart and his love that surpasses all human knowledge. 
that your life and your heart will be changed by the immense power and love of God working in you so that you can give glory to God because of his power and his love working in you. His power that is beyond anything we can ask or think. And because in Jesus Christ you can know that God is willing to give divine blessings to his people so that there will be glory due to him in the church and in Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will strengthen each and every one of us. We come before you in all humility, knowing that it's only by you and your spirit that we can know your love. It's only by you and your spirit that we come to faith in Christ and that we can love you and love our neighbors at ourselves. We ask that you give us this strength that your spirit in our inner being will bring Christ to dwell deeper in our hearts, that we will come to know the extent of the love of Christ and that you have for us, and that we will become everything you have made us to be, that we will live out your love and display your glory as your people for the world to see, for the heavens to see, as you have made us to do. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.